Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner coming in hot. Garrett Wilson, here he goes. Goodbye and hello end zone. And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess, Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for part three of the Labor Day weekend mega mailbag with our friend who's the co-host of Blewett's Blitz over at jetsxfactor.com, Mr. Joe Blewett. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. XCTGZ asks, is Tony Adams going to be the backup nickel? He might be, and that might be part of why they kept him is that they saw some versatility there. Adams is a guy that they really liked, and you heard what Robert Sala said. He said that Adams was getting better every day and that he would have felt sick if they put him on waivers and somebody else took him. Sala clearly really likes Adams and thinks he can be something, and you think back to the San Francisco 49ers and some of the guys he had there that he was able to turn into good players. The guy off the top of my head that I think of is Fred Warner, who was a fifth-round pick. There was nobody that believed that he was going to turn into a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. Salah thought differently, and it ended up happening. I'm not saying Tony Adams is going to become a Pro Bowl level safety, but if Salah believes in this kid so strongly, I'm willing to see what he's got. Joe, how much have you looked at him in terms of tape so far? Yeah, I've been getting uh, bombarded on on Twitter. Not bombarded, but there's been a couple of people who've been like reaching out, like, "Hey, Tony Adams, still you dropping? Like, get on it." Uh, since I, you know, I didn't really do anything about him. Um, in the past, which is kind of a, a rare for me, but uh, like you said, I, I do I do have a problem, and the first step is admitting I have a problem, and we're at that stage now. So, uh, but with that being said, Tony Adams, the first game I believe he got beat for a touchdown, but it was more of like 
there was there was a miscommunication where he didn't he didn't match the flat where I believe he was supposed to. Um, but past that, uh, he didn't really stand out in any way in the last two games to me. There's there's a tackle too that he made that were nice, but um, safety is one of those positions just like you know just like corner just like offensive lineman. Sometimes when you don't stand out, it's actually a good thing. He hasn't necessarily stood out um, to me in any way, so I, I guess we could view that as a as a good thing, but. I'd be lying if I was like, yeah, I watched every single rep of Tony Adams and, and remember exactly what he did. Um, but if he were to stick on the roster, I, I, I will do some sort of, some sort of a, sh- a shorter film show. But nonetheless, not, I didn't necessarily focus on him. I didn't really watch him coming out of college. Uh, but at the same point, you know, as, as you know, Scott, you're, you're a content creator. You put in a ton of work, as do I. Putting in eight hours of Tony Adams film and then him getting cut and another safety being signed tomorrow would be a pain in the ass. So... I'm gonna give it, you know, maybe a week and see if he's still on the on the roster. Then I'll do a quick, uh, uh, a quick hitter type film show um, about him. But yeah, right now I'd be lying if I told you I had any strong opinion on the guy. Next question comes in from John McAnally. He says, "How ironic is it going to be when Jets fans are clamoring for an interior defensive lineman in next year's draft?" <laughs> I almost feel like that's impossible at this point. I think Jets fans are so burned out on an interior defensive lineman that you could have the worst interior defensive line in the entire league and Jets fans would still be like, no, 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 no interior defensive line in the first round. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens because the, the, the state of the defensive line, um, especially in the interior, is kind of in flux next year. Like if they don't, you know, if they're not looking to, um, extend Q is, is he going to be on the team or what exactly happens with him even though I, I would venture to guess even if they don't extend him next year he still probably would be on the team to have another year to kind of evaluate him um, but yeah what's going to happen with Quinn Williams in the future what's going to happen with JFM you know Solomon Thomas is not a lock to even be here you know week one uh, depending on some Ross moves even though I would bet on it uh, Rankins is probably going to be gone you know Jonathan Marshall's gone now Nathan Shepard shouldn't be here now he's still here so the Jets defensive interior the defensive line um, is really in flux. So depending on how the draft falls next year, you know, hopefully we're at, you know, pick 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe 18, 19, 20, where you don't necessarily have to take an air quote, you know, premium position, but maybe an interior defensive lineman is uh, one of the better positions in the draft and you, they, you know, they, they may end up scooping um, one of them up. But uh, yeah, in, in general, they need to add some, some beef there. Maybe they, they do that through, you know, one of these waiver wire pickups or signing. I guess it wouldn't be a pickup or a waiver wire signing anymore. It'd just be a pickup. Um, but they do need again a run stuffer there. And like I said, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of uh, fluctuation that could happen based on how both Q and JFM perform this year. If they don't perform well, uh, they probably won't be here for very long. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Dub Boat. He says, first, I want to ask how many dubs do you get per day, Scott? Second, I want to ask why is Ty Johnson still on the roster, especially over Coleman? I'll be honest. I'm not really sure what the first part of the question means. As far as the second part of the question, and Joe, maybe you have some insight onto that that I don't. Coleman isn't here, I think, predominantly because as a vested veteran, they would have had to guarantee his salary after week one. This way, if they bring him in after that at some point, they don't have to pay him a guaranteed salary. They can go week to week with him. When it comes to Ty Johnson, though, I don't really have a good answer for you. He can't catch. He's not a particularly effective runner. And on top of that, he's pretty bad as a pass blocker. So I'm not really sure what it is that they like him for. I'm mystified by that one. That one was more confusing to me, I think, than any other player that was kept by the Jets. I, I guess the dubs thing, the only thing I can think of would be like like W's, like how many times he like owned people on Twitter a day or something like that. Because the only other thing I can think of with dubs is a gram of weed. And I don't think you're smoking any weed, Scott, unless you're selling it. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the only thing. You know, my and if I was, I dubs. should remind everybody that Joe is a police officer, so I would not be admitting that to him. <laughs> hey, it is, it, it, it is legal in the state we live in, Scott. But True. You, you, just, you just can't... Is it, you just can't necessarily sell it. So I don't think you're doing weed, so that's not the dubs we're thinking about. I'm just going to assume that it is based on how many times you get Ws, which I guess would make more sense. Pass that. Ty Johnson, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> he can't pass protect. He can't catch. The only thing that's kind of kind of exciting about him sometimes is sometimes he'll truck the crap out of somebody because he runs really, really hard. But he has terrible patience. He has terrible vision. He can't catch the ball. He can't pass protect. And then you have guys on you know who – who may or may not have played in the NFL, who are calling him a potential third down back, and that's why they kept him. But, you know, that's there, there's a reason I don't necessarily trust former players, and that's exactly the example why. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, to me, I would I would prefer I would have preferred to keep Tevin Coleman. I, I legitimately do think he was the third best running back on the roster. You know, one of us all go down for a game or two, that running back, that, that running back too is going to be in the rotation, and I'm not comfortable with that being Bam Knight. I, I prefer him to be – you know that that short distance back, and obviously just the just the the fourth string. Um, so I thought Coleman was was going to be the third. I'm not sure why they cut him, um, but I guess at the same point, you know, maybe they want to build up with some young guys, and they still just like have some faith in Ty Johnson because he does have uh, some physical, you know, some physical traits that that can pop out sometimes. And both of those, you know, being speed and then his power when he wants to lower the shoulder on you, but sometimes they're you know he he will. Uh, lower that boom and, and, and truck some guy a couple of extra yards. But, uh, that's great that, that you may see that once or twice a game, but then there's the other, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine plays where, again, he's blowing up a, a, an assignment in pass protection, not pass protecting well just in terms of his individual technique or picking the wrong gap or putting up like a counter. Like he's, 
there's a lot of problems with Ty Johnson, but I think it's another thing where it's just, okay, young, and he has some physical uh, upside. Next question comes in from John Filippelli. He says, do you think the Jets would go after a player like Dennis Kelly, who plays both tackle spots and seems to be a solid depth guy? If he was available, yeah, but as of right now, to the best of my knowledge, the Colts still have him. So unless they're looking to trade him or he gets waived before the season starts, I don't see them getting him because he's not available. Dennis Kelly's another one of those names where like, I'm not going to say that, I, that I've watched him or really even know who he is necessarily. So I could you know, type in stats on, on Google or PFF or look up his name on Twitter and kind of get the general consensus of the guy. Um, but yeah, you could throw him into the, into the list of the, the Brandon Shells and the Daryl Williamses and the, and the Eric Fishers of the world. Um, because the Jets do need to bring in somebody. Um, you know, I, do I prefer them to bring in both a tackle and a safety? Yes, but I'm not going to again get my pennies in a bunch over them not bringing in a safety um, because it's not necessarily going to make or break the team. Like if they, if they show that safety is what it is, um, the Jets aren't necessarily looking to compete for it all this year. So if they take the, their lumps there, I get it. Even though I prefer for them to bring in a safety, but with the tackle position, it's uh, it's it's non-negotiable for me. Uh, obviously, last year we saw how important that backup tackle was, and I'm not saying that every team has a Morgan Moses, but you need somebody who's at least capable. Um, and while I like Max Mitchell and his potential, and I was impressed uh, with him for you know for what he was in a fourth round pick and and throughout preseason, you know he's had he's had his ups and downs, but I think he's kind of on the same trajectory, uh, or or he's 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 on a trajectory where I expect him to to be on uh, when they drafted him, like he he's just on that steady line upwards. Um, so, but with that being said, am I, am I confident in him being, you know, a fourth round pick and, and playing, you know, one, two, three games? Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a, I am a betting man, I guess. And I would bet that both George Fant and Dwayne Brown do not play, uh, 17 games each this year. So there's going to be at least three or four games. I would guess that Max Mitchell, uh, would be that next tackle up, obviously, because they only have three tackles. Um, and, and he would be starting with those, those three or four games. And I'm not confident in, in him. Um, in that instance, and you know, listen, like Zach Wilson is the franchise going forward. Obviously, they've done a lot of good things, but as you've said a thousand times, Scott, as I've said a thousand times, uh, he's the captain of this boat. And if Zach Wilson doesn't work out, we got to reset, and and nothing else really matters. Um, so we have to do our best to protect him. And I can tell you that Max Mitchell, uh, playing against whoever it's going to be, you know, week five, six, ten, eleven, twelve, whoever it is, I am not confident in him taking you know thirty, thirty-five, forty snap protecting um zach wilson so bringing in another tackle whoever it may be uh is again a non-negotiable for me next question comes in from mike 85431 he asks everyone seems surprised that ashton davis made the roster is he good on special teams and i'm just unaware of it maybe that would explain why he's on the roster no as far as i know he doesn't do anything on special teams like i said i think the answer here is they just still believe in his athletic upside and they would prefer to try and get that out of him than roll with somebody like will parks who has limited upside or jason pinnock who is younger than will parks but i don't think they believe is going to be anything special either and joe as you've noted in the past and we've talked about before everybody makes this big deal out of jason pinnock and a couple of games he played at safety last year because of stats that PFF put out but if you look at the film he really just wasn't that good last year so the hype got a little out of control yeah the two plays against the Jaguars like legitimately I I believe he was the middle third safety in cover three and he was actually very 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 late to get to get to get the receiver who was supposed to be matching in his zone and because Trevor Lawrence was either pressured or just was late to see the to see the receiver open um it took an extra second or two to throw that ball and it was kind of floated up there 
So it allowed Jason Pinnock to close ground because it was a late ball. So people don't see that on, on, you know, on broadcast, but broadcast you see, okay, the ball is thrown, Pinnock is there, he breaks it up. But in reality, if, if the play, if Trevor Lawrence and the play was on time, it would have been a completion right in front of Pinnock's face. And then also you had the Texans game where um, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a third and, or fourth and, and long uh, goal to go. And, you know, he has a guy right in front of his face that he always has to do is wrap him up and he completely misses the tackle. He runs in for a touchdown. I believe that was the play. So Pinnock's end of 2021 was severely overrated by fans. And then um, this this preseason, again, he didn't really do anything to to impress me. So I'm not I'm not losing it over Pinnock not making it. And, again, I think Ashton Davis is just an upside, a physical upside thing. Maybe, you know, I'm not going to say I watch special, a ton of special teams reps and, and focus on him every time. Um, but with that being said, I haven't really noticed him in, in that aspect. And when he was on special teams his rookie year, he didn't impress at all. So I think it's more of a bet on physical upside uh, combined with the fact that people are way overrating both Pinnock and Parks. Next question comes in from CC716. He says, Scott, you tweeted that you're happy that both Chuma Doga and Connor McDermott are gone. True, I did tweet that because I am happy they're both gone. But who the heck will the Jets get at this late stage that would be much of an improvement, if any? I asked this knowing full well that they are both pretty bad. There's not much better tackles available now. Well, you just answer your own question. It doesn't really matter if they get anybody that's better. It'd be hard to do any worse than Adoga and McDermott. For whatever reason, this organization has kept Adoga for far longer than they should have. He should have been gone a while ago. He just isn't any good. McDermott is terrible, too. The only positive thing he's ever done was that touchdown catch last year as I joked a couple of days ago shades of Jumbo Elliott during the Monday Night Miracle I'm just glad they're both out of here whether it means that Max Mitchell definitely plays over the two of them because now there's no temptation to use Connor McDermott or Chuma Adoga I'd rather see that sink or swim with Max Mitchell than one of those two guys who you know you're going to sink with or they go and get some guy off the waiver wire, whatever it is. I'm just glad they're both gone because they're terrible and they had to go. Not having a specific replacement in mind is not a reason to avoid moving on from two really bad offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not like one of those guys are decent enough backups where you're comfortable with them, where we're upset that they're not on the team. Where It's it's a non-negotiable. They have to bring in somebody. Um but any one of those guys you'd assume would be would be an upgrade. Now, if they roll into the season with just Max Mitchell, I will be furious. So, um, again, whether, whether it be you know, one of the names I mentioned before, Darrell Williams or Eric Fisher, whoever, um, they're an immediate upgrade. And with that being said, I do think that Adoga at times at least flashed the potential of being okay, where I have no idea what McDermott's ever done. I, I legitimately think that, he has naked pictures of Joe Douglas or his wife or, or somebody because he's he just been on the team for the last couple of years and actually seen some important reps and has absolutely blown. You know, I don't like to completely hammer guys, but he's one of those guys who is not a raw cerebral tackle um, in the NFL. So I get the the, you know, the the question in terms of, okay, well, they didn't bring in anybody and Chumadoga is better than nothing. Okay, I agree with that. But there are tens of, of tackles out there um, who are better than Adogo. So as long as they make a move, I'm, I'm okay with getting rid of both of those guys. Next question comes in from Andrew, fantasy fan FTW. He says, can you explain to me the reason behind Strevler not making it while White did? I understand the competition is downgraded, but one performed well and the other did not. Did the reps during the week turn the tide? Was it just relationships, time invested? What it really comes down to is what Robert Salas said when he spoke about this. 
after the Jets released their initial 53-man roster, and it's that Mike White has familiarity in the scheme. He's shown that he can actually be successful. Look at what he did against Cincinnati as a spot starter if they need him to. He's got a better resume. Strebler doesn't have that. He looked very good in the preseason, showed off some skills that Mike White doesn't have in terms of athleticism without question. But Mike White is more polished, more ready to step in if the Jets need him, if Joe Flacco gets hurt. And so that's why he gets the nod. Strebler, thankfully, back on the practice squad, and I've talked about this before. My thought is, long term, if Brant Boyer and Mike LaFleur can get on the same page, I think they can work with Strebler to turn him into a Taysom Hill type of player. I don't know that he's ever going to be a full-time quarterback, but he could be an all-purpose player who can contribute on special teams at a high level, who can contribute with gadget plays, gimmick plays, getting in there in certain formations and situations. So I would like to see them eventually work their way towards that. As far as why he didn't make it over Mike White, though, Robert Sell explained it fairly well, I think, and I just added to it, it's that Mike White is more seasoned, more ready to step in. Yeah, I think the, t- the Taysom Hill comparison is, is apt because, like, well, obviously it's really the only example for like a backup quarterback who comes in like, like, like uh, Taysom Hill does, but it, it works. Like, if you, can, if you have a team who struggles against read option or athletic quarterbacks, why not give Shoveler, you know, two or three read option plays, you know, a game to change up the tempo of the offense? Now, I don't necessarily want to see it as much as the, the Saints did, where it's almost like throwing off the rhythm of the offense, but you could see it in a situation or two um, where Shoveler could be maybe quarterback developed into quarterback, too. Um, but like you said, and, and like, you know, Sala said, it's Mike White knows the offense. And while he's not very good, he at least knows the offense. We're like, Shrubler, we know that he wasn't getting team reps um, until a few weeks ago. So how how ready is he really going to be if his name is called, you know, against the Ravens or against uh, the Browns or any one of these teams coming up? Uh, you know, he has a long way to go to, to know the offense. Um, and yeah, you know, it was an exciting preseason, but at the end of the day, you know, while he did well, he went through one or two reads and then ran if the ball wasn't out. So it's not like he was doing anything in terms of executing the offense at a really high level. But against, you know, second, third, fourth stringers, his his athleticism kind of took over where he's not necessarily going to be able to do that um, versus starting defenses who are actually preparing for him. Um, and he doesn't really know the offense. I think right now, just immediately, Mike White is the better option. With that being said, uh, do I like Strubler more? Do I think he has more upside than Mike White? Is Mike White very frustrating to watch because he's just not very athletic and he's a checkdown king? Yes, but I still have more faith in him in this immediate moment to, to execute you know, the offense and, and, and get the ball out. But uh, yeah, I love what you said. If he could be a practice squad guy, learn the offense this year, and they can develop him into a special teamer slash you know, quarterback two, quarterback three, who can come in for a few reps a game, I would absolutely love that. I'm hoping that is what happens. That's going to wrap up part three of the Labor Day weekend mega mailbag. Really appreciate Joe Blewett coming on and joining me to answer some questions. Joe, thanks so much. Make sure that you follow Joe on Twitter and go over to JetsXFactor.com and watch all his insanely long but very thorough, entertaining, and informative film reviews. They're all there. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant, has got some All-22 breakdowns, some fantastic ones at that. 
of the entire Jets 2022 rookie draft class. So make sure that you watch those and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, bless you, thank you shirt. The Zach says go long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The play like a jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.